Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Kara Alwell Leba here with me. Kara is seriously one of my favorite badass boss babes on the planet. Kara is a best selling author, a life coach, and all around badass. She's the creator of the Champagne Diet blog. And you may have heard of some of her amazing books like Girl Code, Style Your Mind for Success. And her most recent, Like She Owns the Place. Kara encourages women all around the world to live their best lives, celebrate themselves every day, and make happiness a priority. You are going to love today's episode because Kara talks about so many amazing things around being a multi-passionista, living out your purpose, and owning your badass confidence. So I'm super excited for you to dive into this and make sure if you're not following Kara already, you need to be checking her out. She's on Instagram at The Champagne Diet and all of her links are also in the show notes. So without further ado, let's welcome Kara onto the show. All right. Welcome, Kara. I'm so freaking excited to have you on the show. You were on a while back, so it's good to have you back. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm excited to be back and chat with you again. Yeah, when when I had you on last time, it was like right when your last book came out. Yes, yes. Um, like she owns the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm so excited. So um, for those of for those who don't know you, um, I would love for you to kind of share like how you got into you know writing your books and becoming a best selling author and like your whole journey of like evolving into what you're doing now? I know it's like kind of a long question. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to make it short, but like, you know, kind of pack everything in. So um, I've been doing what I do. I launched the the Champagne Diet blog 11 years ago, um, which is so crazy that it's been that long. Every year I say it, it's like a year and like a year longer each time. And I'm like, how is it 11 years at this point? But I started off with a blog. Um, I was working a full-time job at MTV, as you know, Mm -hmm. kind of just doing the nine to five thing, which was really more like nine to eight or nine at night. It was just, it was really crazy. I was working in advertising and I just kind of got to a point where I was like, is this it? Like, is this my life? Because this is not what I plan. This doesn't feel good to me every day. This feels like a job. It doesn't feel like a passion or a purpose in any way. And I think a lot of people listening can probably relate who might be in that situation now. And I was actually inspired by a glass of champagne. Mm-hmm. Like a literal glass of champagne inspired me. Um, and I'll keep a really long story short, but basically I started incorporating drinking champagne as like my drink of choice because it was lowering calories. And a friend convinced me that it was like the best thing to have if you were out at a happy hour or something. So I, of course, was on board because who would say no to a glass of champagne? And I just noticed when I drank it, I felt differently. And it sort of elevated everything. And I started to really view 
you know, this glass of champagne as a metaphor for the way that I wanted to live my life, meaning a life filled with celebration. So even if you don't drink, you can still see the metaphor and the connection with champagne, right? It's about celebration. It's about elevating the everyday. It's about luxury and all of these things that I was really lacking at the time. So champagne, the champagne diet sort of became this like tongue in cheek way of talking about this new lifestyle that I was developing. And I started blogging my experiences mm. as a creative outlet to kind of share all these changes that I was making as this 20 something girl in New York city, working in advertising, trying to figure out what she wanted to do. That led me down the road of becoming a life coach. Cause I really loved connecting with the women who were reading my blog and I wanted to learn more about how I could help them in a real meaningful way. Not that writing wasn't meaningful, but I wanted to actually be able to work with them one-on-one and help them dig into what they wanted to transform in their lives because I was transforming so much. And I had gone through a lot of things that I felt like I could teach and, and guide women with. So I became a coach, went to school at night while I was working my full-time job, kind of side hustled for years and years. And eventually I made the leap. I left MTV in 2014 after having self-published three books while I was there, um, start my coaching practice. And yeah, the rest is kind of history since that point. It's so inspiring. Thank you for sharing <laughs> the, like your journey. It's so inspiring to see because I feel like you're, you're like, I love how you're so creative and you're so like authentic in just who you are. And I feel like I appreciate that so much because you. I feel the same way about you. You're always doing cool stuff and, and just expressing yourself. And I think we need more of that. Yeah. I think that's why I like relate to you so much. I'm like, oh yeah, she's like doing it. And now like, I see that you're uh, doing like following your passion for like fashion and stuff. And it's just so cool that you've been able to grow your business and share your message and just be yourself and inspire others along your journey. And I think that like for everyone listening also, it's like, that's like giving other people permission too to just freaking follow their passions and like just be themselves. Yeah, so many people are afraid to switch gears. You know, they they feel like they're known for one thing and they're so terrified to switch it up or explore something else that they're interested. And I think we just have to follow whatever it is our heart is calling us to do because your audience will know when you're not into something anymore. They're going to sense it. You can't fake it for too long. And it, I think you're doing a disservice to yourself and your followers, your clients, your audience, if you're pursuing something because you think it's been successful for you so far, or you think that's what people expect of you, nobody ends up happy. So I I think like when you do step out there and follow something, like you said, it does give other women permission to evolve. It does let them feel like they're not alone in wanting to try something new. Because I think we all want that, right? Everybody, everybody has different interests. And as they grow and evolve, their passions change and they become curious about other things. And I think it's so cool to be bold enough to step out there and, and try all of that stuff and, and sort of be a trailblazer. And I think the age of the multi-passionate entrepreneur is here. And I think we need to embrace that if that's what you want to do. Not everybody wants to do that. Some people are totally fine staying in their lane and doing what they've always done. I think that's great too. But mm-hmm you shouldn't hold back if there's more for you. Because I, I think if, if you feel in your heart, there's more for you than there certainly is. Mm, I love that. And was so, was it like scary for you to switch gears? Like when you, whenever you have done that, like when you felt that I'm not feeling as connected anymore, I kind of want to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's always scary. I'm not going to lie. It's always a little bit nerve wracking because you you know, like I said, people expect something of you. And when you change, some people are on board and some people love it and vibe with it. And some people don't. And I think social media is one of those places where you get that immediate 
feedback from people. And anytime that I've talked about, you know, my health and fitness journey, which I love to share about, Mm -hmm. you know, I've gotten comments from people like, why are you posting all this stuff now? I want, I miss your quotes. I miss, you know, I miss your business chat. And I'm like, your business talk. And I'm like, but I'm all of those things. Like I'm this multifaceted woman, just like you are. So if I want to, you know, to share something, I, I think I have to just remind myself that I need to follow what's interesting to me. Otherwise, I'm going to get bored of doing what I do. And then I might as well just go back to my job at MTV and be bored with life, you know? So the beauty of being an entrepreneur is the fact that we do get to make our own rules and do whatever it is that we love to do. So I do get nervous, but I think, you know, the best way to kind of sort of beat those nerves and show people that you're serious is just by executing on whatever it is that you want to do and literally proving through your actions that you're serious about whatever that next step is for you and that next you know, path is. And when you start doing something enough, people just get used to the new norm. And that's what they begin to expect from you. And people's attention spans are so short. So they may jump in the mix, you know, when you've already begun that new path. Maybe, you know, once you've started that new thing, they don't even know what you did before. Or they just make used to the new thing that you're doing and appreciate it. And if they don't, they can unfollow you. You know, I think we, we live in a world with so many choices. And I tell people all the time, if, if something I'm doing is not resonating, like go follow someone else. I would never be insulted by that. And I really mean that. Wow. I love that. <laughs> like just, if it, it, it sounds like so liberating, like just hearing yeah. like you share that and speak that. And cause like I, and I've had moments on my own journey too, where I'm like, Hmm, I think that this doesn't feel aligned anymore and this feels better. And it's kind of scary, but it feels good in my body to like talk yeah. about it, to share about it or to go back to something even. Totally. And I think as a coach, it's really healthy for, for us to explore those things, right? Like I know that I love starting from scratch because then it gives me a better perspective for the girls who are coming into my world and reading a book like Girl Code or wanting to coach with me and have me as their business mentor. It reminds me of what it's like to start over again. And it reminds me of what it's like to start from ground zero. And I love that phase. I love the beginning. I love the newness. I love the possibility of launching something brand new. And it helps me relate more to the people who are doing something for the very, very first time. So I think it's a healthy thing to, to play with and to experiment with just to kind of dig into all of those different things and not be afraid of the start. Yeah. Do you, um, I I love that and not be afraid to start new things. I mean, the energy of something new is exciting. Yeah, it is so exciting. And I think people forget. I actually had um, coffee with a client of mine yesterday and she was like, you know, she was picking my brain. She's just published her first book. I'll give her a shout out. Fear is my homeboy is her book, Judy Holler. She's really cool. It's a great book. And, you know, she was asking me to kind of talk through my whole publishing journey because she wanted to know the story of everything. And as I was talking to her, she was like, you know... I'm getting excited like by your, your early journey. Like it's, I feel like I'm where you were, you know, seven or eight years ago and it's, it's really cool. And it's like, it's sparking something in me. So we have to remember that the beginning is like the thing to me, that's what I'm always nostalgic for. Like I think of my very first book, self-publishing, it was, it was filled with like such an excitement and the energy of putting that first book out there, not knowing what was going to happen. Like I had a therapist once tell me that anxiety is just energy. Mm-hmm. And you can channel the anxiety into excitement or you can channel it into fear. But if you channel it into the excitement, you realize you have power over it. Mm. You know, so we have to sort of like 
realize that those moments in time where we might feel nervous or scared, we can flip the script on that and we can turn that into a really exciting time period. And you will be nostalgic for that in the future because things get boring after a while and you feel complacent and you feel, you know, like you, you know, what's going to happen next to a degree. So it's nice to have that, that moment where you're like, I have no idea if this is going to work out, but I'm just along for the ride and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Yes, because you're in the energy of like fun and flow and like, okay, like this is what I really want to do. You know, I love that you said, um, do like, I don't know how you said it, but you were saying like, do what you, what lights you up and not like what everyone else wants basically. Yeah. And I think that's so important because a lot of people like kind of share like to, you know, give your audience what they want. Yes, I know. <laughs> and, like, create something for your audience, but I'm with you on like, no man, it has to light me up first and has to be something like that I want to actually share. Yeah. And that's, what's going to take you through those hard times or those times when the money isn't rolling in that month or the clients aren't signing up or no one's buying anything. If you love it, you're still going to get up and do it every day. Mm -hmm. You know, like one of the biggest questions I get, I'm sure you get this too with your audience. Like, how do I know what my passion is? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I know? Like, how, how do I know if I should do this or not? And I'm like, if you would still do it, even if you never got paid to me, that's how you know. Mm -hmm. Like if get up and do that. Because when I first started, I wasn't getting paid. I didn't get paid. I launched the champagne diet in 2008. I didn't make a dollar off of my coaching business, which was like the first thing that I really kind of monetized out of that blog until like 2011, 2012. So, you know, you have to be willing to kind of be in it for the long haul and know that there are going to be times when it's not easy and it's not flowing. And if you still love it, you'll still do it. Mm. Yeah. Sorry for the sirens. No, it's okay. (laughs) New York problems. (laughs) I haven't been to New York City in a hot minute, but I remember those sirens all too well. Um, (laughs) I think it's really awesome that your books have led into so much for you. And even though you're doing these new things and you're like exploring these new sides of like things that you want to share within your life, it's, it's like you're starting over, but it's also like you've built such a foundation where from, from just speaking your truth and sharing your message, it's like, you still offer coaching, you said, right? Yeah, I still coach. Do you, have you ever done any online courses or has it just been like mainly your books and coaching like one-on-one? Just um, I've done group coaching workshops. So I kind of run them like masterminds. So everybody that comes into it, I sort of vet everyone and make sure that everyone's on the same page to a degree. I do love to mix people from all different walks of life and areas of business and stages of business. But I do these, they're sort of like, I call them the, it's the girl code mastermind is kind of what I branded it as. So it's really rooted in sisterhood and support. And it's a group coaching circle. So, you know, I'll take like eight girls at a time. Usually I max out at 10 the most. So everybody has time to speak on each call and get to know each other and support each other. And I let them jump in and, and share advice. But I haven't done a course yet. I've been thinking about it, but nothing really feels right to me yet. So hopefully it'll come. I don't know. If you have any ideas, I'm open to them. Yeah. I mean, I was just curious because I feel like you, like, um, so many people have courses and programs and like you're doing, I feel like you do things like a little bit differently. Yeah, I do for sure. <laughs> but I love that. And I, I really resonate with that. Cause I, I also love like a prefer doing like smaller group coaching kind of things where it's like this sacred container where everyone yes. gets to share and you get to go deep with everyone. Yeah. And you know, and I, I feel like I get the the course model. I really do. And I respect a lot of entrepreneurs who do that. But I think for me, my way of sort of 
spreading my message to the masses is through my books. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like what a course would be. Mm -hmm. I, I would... I much prefer to do a live experience. So I do meetups from time to time. I really need to do more of them, but you've been to some of the, the ones at Pyramid in New York. And I love that because I love to see people and connect with people in a, like an actual live you know, way and energy. And the group coaching is the same way. It's like me on the call live. It's nothing's pre-recorded. Nothing is, is reused content. So that's kind of how I do things. And I've had a lot of coaches... Um, like friends who are coaches, you know, tell me you should do a course, you could make more money doing it this way. And I'm like, yeah, but if, again, if it's not something I want to do in that moment, I'm, I'm not just going to do it to chase um, the dollar. You know, I'm, I would never do it. So for me, it's like, it's got to feel right. If I wake up tomorrow and I have an idea for it and I want to do it, I'll do it. But at this point, I'm really just like led by whatever it is that I'm passionate about. Mm, I love that. And right now it's your, you want to talk about that? Your fashion, the vintage, the, I know you've always been into like sharing your style and it's, I would love to like hear how you even got into that. Yeah. So that's been really fun. Like I, like you said, I love style. I love fashion. I've always, you know, shared everything. I share like outfit pictures and just always talked about it. And, and I've always loved the best style. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I've always loved vintage and it's always just been like a personal passion of mine. It's nothing that I ever really saw becoming a business. And last year, last fall, actually, my cousin called me and she's like, Hey, I got, you know, I, I, there's this course, this vintage fashion course at FIT, which is the fashion Institute of technology here in New York. She's like, do you want to go? It's a weekend course. It'll be really fun. And I'm like, sure, why not? You know, let's sign up. And we signed up thinking we would just go to this course, maybe learn a few things and like go have lunch or something. And we wound up going and I fell in love with the whole experience. It was basically a course that taught you how to shop for vintage and then how to sell vintage if that's like what you wanted to do. So it was hands-on. We had a teacher who had her own little like vintage store that she ran out of her home in New Jersey. And she had like a website for it on eBay or something. And she was so cute. She was in her 60s, I think, maybe even early 70s. And she was like in love, like with the whole, every aspect of the industry. She taught us everything. We went on a shopping trip to all of these different flea markets and stores. And I just fell in love. And it was, the course then continued on for the next weekend. I went back and I got home and I was like, I could literally start a business around this because we were thrifting that day and I was finding all these treasures. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I came home with this bag of stuff and I was like, I don't want to keep this all for myself. I want to share this with people. Like, this is awesome. So I started going down like, you know, Google University (laughs) rabbit hole. Like searching everything. I tell people this, right? Like I tell people all the time, like you don't need necessarily a teacher or a coach for every single aspect of what you do. Like there's so much information online. Mm -hmm. And I went on YouTube and I watched all these interviews with these vintage, you know, boutique owners. And I ordered all these books and I started with jewelry because that's what I really felt connected to. Because I used to go through my grandmother's jewelry box and she had all this fun vintage, you know, like total costume jewelry, nothing high end or no fine jewelry, but like big rings and gold necklaces. And I ordered um, a couple of books and I started learning. And also at FIT, they taught us like how to read tags, how to learn what, you know, time period these pieces were from. And I just became totally obsessed. And wow, I listed like a ring that I found like at the flea market on my Instagram. And this just goes to show you, right, how we have to speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. I posted this ring and I said something like, this will go fast. You know, this won't last. And somebody like bought it within like minutes. So if you believe that something's going to be successful, right? Because here I was, this girl who's known for talking about entrepreneurship and Mm. mindset, and I'm this life coach and business mentor, right? And now all of a sudden I'm like 
selling vintage jewelry, like it, to most people, it wouldn't make sense. But if you believe it's going to make sense and if you mm-hmm. believe your audience is going to love it, they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. So I became I addicted that. to like selling everything on my Insta story and my, my page. And I was like, I need to Shopify. I have to like turn this into business. <laughs> like it's happening. I'm naming it after my grandmother, which I did. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my grandmothers. So it's Dagmar Rose Vintage is the company. I love it. And I just, it grew from there and I started the Shopify and I've just been curated. It's, it's, you know, curated vintage. So for me, it's like, I have to love whatever it is that I'm buying. It's not like thrifting where I'm just like putting up anything that I find. It's like very curated. It's a certain vibe. It's a certain energy. It's kind of like rock and roll glamour, I guess, right? Like heavily focused on eighties and nineties. I've got clothes now I've got jewelry and it's just, I have such a vision for it. It's like, it just makes me so happy. So oh my gosh, that's so yeah. awesome. What's your big vision for it? Oh my God. Well, I want a store. I've always wanted a store. That's been something. I mean, since I was a little girl, my mom laughs because like my friends or my cousins would play with like baby dolls and strollers. And I would pretend that I had a boutique. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I still am like that. Like I never... I just don't want kids. I love kids, but I just don't want, like I've always been very business focused. So I've always wanted a store, but I never really knew how it would work. And I knew that I didn't want to own a boutique with like clothes that anyone could buy anywhere. Like I always loved the idea of this like curated experience. So when the vintage stuff came up, I was like, well, this is obviously what I'm meant to be doing. Like I'm meant to have this store. I'd love to have something in the East Village. Mm, I could totally see that. Right? Like it would just, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm starting small. So I'm going to do some pop ups this fall and just put myself out there. And I have no idea what I'm doing. And I think that's the part that I love the most about it. <laughs> like, who knows what's going to happen? But it's, it's fun and it's exciting and it's giving me life again and it's giving me an outlet for my creativity. And that's why I, I'm sharing so much of the journey going through this because I want the girls who follow me to know like it's okay to go shift gears. And I still talk about business and, and mindset because so much of the things I've taught for so many years and applied to my own life, I'm, I'm applying them again. And I'm, I'm sort of going through the process again of having that self-belief and pushing through those fears and those challenges and doing it anyway. So it's been mm. really cool. Yeah, that's so awesome. I've, and everything's pretty much related to the whole mindset and stuff. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I love how you said like, you got to believe in something for it to work. Is there something that you like, do you have a go-to thing that like really helps you like get into that belief of it? Or is it just this, I'm so fucking passionate about this. Like, that's just it. Like just following that inner passion. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to really separate myself from like the online space or social media when I'm in like a creative zone mm-hmm. and I'll go online for like research or I'll look, you know, things up that inspire me. Like I like spent like four hours the other day, like watching YouTube videos of like the old um, MTV House of Style. I don't know if you remember that show, but it was, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably, I'm older than you. So it's probably like totally dating me, but it was in the nineties and Cindy Crawford hosted it. And it was like amazing. And every single, like they show basically like scenes from different fashion shows in the nineties and like fashion week. And there's like clips from like Paris Fashion Week, like 1992, let's say, or something. And, and I'm watching all of this for inspiration. So I'm like, I really dive into like, kind of like the vortex, right? Like, as they say, like the, this sort of energy of whatever it is that I'm feeling at the moment. And I totally disconnect from social media. I totally disconnect from like people who are also selling vintage or doing things that like my quote competitors, right? Cause I don't believe in, in competition. I think we're all meant to be doing whatever it is that we love, but I really just spend time focusing on the actual like thing that I'm into. 
Mm-hmm. jumping into it full force. And I think when you're passionate about something, you can't fail. Like there's no failure. There's no room for that. Like you only have room for self-doubt or you only have, or you have room for positivity. And I think when you choose positivity and you choose passion, like the idea that you might not make it work is just pushed out of the way. Like your, mm-hmm. your positive, your optimistic thoughts kind of take over. So I do everything that I can to support those thoughts, getting in the, the vibe, getting in the energy yeah. of it, the vortex, right? Getting creative and just doing the work. I think that's the part that's like most people are missing when it comes to like manifesting things. Like mm-hmm. you got to show up. You got to take the pictures of the clothes and put them up on your website and sell them and, you know, talk to people and hand out your business card or whatever it is that you're doing. So that's yeah. kind of my way to like battle the, the doubt or the, the fear is it's just action. Yeah. I love your manifestation secrets <laughs> because like, um, the disconnecting from social media is like a big thing. I mean, I like so many yeah. people are like addicted to social media. I get frustrated with myself when I'm on my phone. So much, like too much. I'm like, okay, done. Yeah. But, um, like being in that vortex of getting into the energy of what you're doing allows you to take action from this place of a different energy. Totally. Totally. And like, I love like acting as if it's already happened. Like I literally, I'll show you right here. You guys can't see, I don't think so. We're not going to video this, but like, it's a little mantra that I just wrote for myself. And it says my store is already mine. My only job is to match the vibration of already having it. Mm. And I look at that every day and I'm like, okay, match the vibration. So what do you need to do? Like, I will literally walk around the East village and just like walk down the block as if I'm like walking into my store, like mm, in the morning. Like I a cup love of coffee. that. That's such a good idea. I know. My husband's like, that's kind of psycho. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it's it's not psycho. That actually like makes so much sense. Right. Like just go yes. do the thing, like pretend you're going there. Like, and I used to do that when I was at MTV and I was, you know, like really struggling with the idea of quitting and going to pursue my coaching business and my, my career as an author. It was really scary because I was walking away from the six figure, quote unquote, secure job, you know, and I would just get up. I would take like a sick day, for example, and just get up and go through the motions as if I didn't have that job, go through the motions as if I was an author, make my coffee, sit down, light a candle, start writing in the morning and just act as if I was that person. And eventually it happened. So I know from experience, this stuff works. You just have to, you know, get through like the, the fears and, and be really cautious of who you share it with. I mean, I, my husband was totally joking when he said it was psycho, but like some people may really think that, or, I mean, I've had people tell me I was crazy for wanting to open up a retail store and I totally get it because when you, I mean, you haven't been here in a while, but you walk down these streets and like everything is empty. Everything is for rent. Really? Businesses are struggling. Retail is really struggling. Even in like Soho. I mean, even in places where those stores were like booming at one point. And I see those empty storefronts and I see possibility. Like I see room for me. I see space to get in there and, and my vision, you know, to expand. Not everybody does. And I think it's like the same thing in any industry that you're in. Like everyone is going to come to that, to your dream with their own set of like beliefs and experiences about it based on their own life and their own thoughts and and self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be really cautious. I'm sure you've gone through this too, like with who you share things with, like as you're growing, it can be scary. Yeah. And you need to protect your energy. Yes. Big time. Like, like put your vibration first. That's like one thing I always say is like, what you just said is my vibration is like my top priority. Yes. And I can tell when I'm not making it my top priority on like those days, you know? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, what do I need to do to shift myself out of this space and get back into that high. Yeah. I noticed too, like when I, 
I feel it. And like, I'm so aware of it. And I can even tell like, if it even just like moves like an inch, like if just the needle moves an inch in, in the wrong direction, I'm like, okay, what just happened? Who did I just speak to? Mm. What music did I have on? What was I wearing? Like, what are all the things that could have affected that? Because you have to really get clear on like the things that raise your vibration, right? And like, no, like I think when you start to get to know yourself, you start to know, okay, here's what I can do to go raise it. You know, here's what I can do. Here are the things that I can, that I'm doing maybe that I'm not realizing that are actually lowering it. Mm. So being aware of that, especially when you're working on your actual work and you're creating things. Like, I think it's so important at that point, even before like I journal or I write out a vision, like the new moon is coming this week. And I'm like, okay, like I've got to be in a certain space when I write down what this vision is going to be for this next couple of weeks that I'm going to be working on. Because if anything is throwing me off, like the sirens in the background, (laughs) you know, like a barking dog or whatever it is, or my husband coming home, like I have to be in a space where, like you said, my vibration comes first because you know, we can't manifest things out of a low vibration. We can't create quality out of a low vibration. No, no. Do you have like a new moon ritual that you usually do or like moon rituals? Do you get all woo? I don't get too woo. I mean, I, I usually like pour a glass of champagne, light a candle, <laughs> put on music. I like to do it at night. Like I like to have a certain vibe in the apartment. So it's got to be dark. And I just have like a little gold journal and I just, I write it down. I used to do the crystal thing, but I don't know. Like I never like felt like a strong connection from them. So I kind of just, I don't know, I just do it better. <laughs> or I'll do it at like a cute little bar or something. Like I'll bring like a notebook, take myself out, have like a nice meal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're more creative at night? No, you know, I feel like I'm the most creative like early in the morning when I first wake up, like 6 a.m. I'm naturally like wow. up early in the morning. Yeah, that's kind of when my brain is like firing. But mm-hmm. I do think there's a vibe at night that I like. Like yeah. there's a certain energy of, of the night, but I... I can do things like journal at night, but I can't work on a book, let's say. Like something where I really have to put my brain into it. It's more of like a vibey thing. Yeah. And did you set like certain time frames around when you were doing your book? Like I'm going to work on my book from like six to nine or whatever. You know, I don't really set time frames, but I'll set, like the most I'll do is set a word count. I'll like have an intention. Like, okay, I want to write 3,000 words today or I want to write 5,000 words today. Even if they're total crap and I have to go back in and edit them, at least getting it down on paper for me is important. Yeah. Yeah. It helps for sure. And it's, it's <laughs> tough. Like you have to be, dis- it's a mix of being disciplined, but also like allowing for the creativity to take over. Cause there are some days I'm just really not feeling it. And I'm like, all right, this is just a waste of my time at this point. You know, let me shift into something else. Yeah. I'm going to start writing, finishing my first book finally. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I need to like get really dedicated with that. Time. Do you have a title for it? Yeah. I don't know if I should share it. Share it. Well, you don't have to. Don't let me pressure you. (laughs) It's going to be called Everyday Magic. Oh, I love that. Um, I love it. Like, you know, about like rituals and practices to raise your vibration and get into the energy of calling in what you want. I love that. I think that's so important because I think like so many people don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. Like for whoever is listening and this might be new to them or they're just starting out. I mean, even me, like I've been in this world for a while and I have a lot of friends who are super spiritual, but I still don't really know what I'm supposed to do or what might work or a different perspective. So it'd be cool to hear that from you. Yeah. Thanks. And I mean, it's not like you're supposed to do anything, like really finding what feels good to you and like what, like how you were just saying, (laughs) yeah, what makes you raise your vibration. I know, 
um, we could just lead this into, um, I know that you're, you've been doing a lot of your fitness stuff too. And for me, moving my body is like the fastest thing to shift my energy and raise my vibration. Like I have to work out in the morning. Like that's my jam. Yes. And I know like that you've been like really, really into that. Like you've been into that for a while, but like lately hardcore now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like the, the diet too, like eating things that fuel your body in a way, because everything has a vibration. Everything, everything. And I, I just recently went plant-based. I say plant-based. I I hesitate to say vegan because I still have like vintage leather and things like that. And like, I'm, I still use honey. So I'm not like that hardcore, but just following a plant-based diet, I've never really been a meat eater, but Mm -hmm. cutting out the dairy and like really focusing on just like light filled, high vibration, like live foods, like plants and beans and rice and vegetables and really following a whole foods plant-based diet, I feel like has made a major, major difference in my energy and everything. My anxiety has been lowered. It's like really wild when you think about that. And I've read a lot about that, that really dives into like why that's happening. And so many other people have reported the same thing, Mm. like not consuming an animal that was tortured, slaughtered, whatever. Like you could really go down a rabbit hole that too. But it's an interesting experiment, you know, like not saying everybody has to go vegan, but even just maybe trying like a day of being plant-based and seeing how you feel and seeing if there is a difference in your energy, I think is a really cool like experiment for people to do. Yeah. I went, uh, I stopped eating meat like two years ago. So I know the rabbit hole you're talking about. Oh yeah. (laughs) And you feel different, I'm sure. Yeah. I feel very different. I feel so much better. Um, I don't really call myself vegan anymore either. But when I first started, I was like, all right, everyone, this is what really happens. Like, I know it was so bad. I'm like, ah, oh, just everybody goes through it. The, would, the joke is like, how do you know if you're in the room with a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was me. But then I kind of just, you know, went on my own journey and I, I feel, I feel you a lot better. Like just fueling my body with higher vibrational things and the yeah. Topic. Like you could do so much and yeah. I mean, even scientifically, like it takes meat 72 hours to digest in your body. So like meat is literally sitting in your gut for three days. Mm. So that alone, like that will slow you down. I mean, that's not like woo or spiritual. That's just science. It just takes longer to break it down in your body. So, you know, eating foods that digest quickly, fiber filled foods, vegetables, fresh fruits, like it's just, it makes sense that you would feel better eating that way because it's moving through you quicker. Mm. What do you think is like the biggest difference that you've noticed? Um, well, physically, I feel better. I mean, I can see that there's just this layer of bloat is just gone. Um, I just feel leaner for sure. And I just, like I mentioned the anxiety thing. It's really weird. I didn't expect that to happen, but I just feel like at night I'm able to sleep deeper. I feel less anxious before bed. I used to have like total bedtime anxiety and feel like mm. all the thoughts were coming in my mind as soon as my head hit the pillow at night. I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like I'm resting better. I feel like my workouts are better. Wow. Yeah. And how long has it been for you? I haven't had meat since January. Yeah, probably January. Um, But even before that, I was not eating a ton of it. Yeah. But yeah, no meat since January. And I have not had any... Well, I've had like a little piece of cheese here or there. Like I haven't been like totally perfect, but I really cut it out like probably early May, I would say, end of April. So a couple months. Yeah. 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 When I made the switch, I was like so nervous that it was going to be so challenging, but mm-hmm. it actually turns out that it wasn't. It's not hard at all. I at mean, all. again, I, I try to be really forgiving with myself and I'm like, okay, look, if I can't avoid something, 
if I'm in a restaurant, I'm not going to be crazy and psycho if there might be some butter in that sauce. Like I've gotten to a point now where I just can't be like that because then something that is meant to be healthy becomes unhealthy because Mm -hmm. it just becomes an obsession for me at least. Some people can do it and more power to them. But I just try to be as mindful as I can when I'm out. I love to be out. So that's like the one challenging thing, but I don't beat myself up over it. Yeah. I think it's really important to be mindful period. So like, um, I always suggest to people like, it's good to not eat as much meat at least or know where you're getting it from. Right. I mean, to each their own, I'm not preaching anymore really like on that note, but it's like being mindful and conscious of everything that you put in your body, everything that you put on your body and people, just how you are with the people you surround yourself with and the things that you fuel your mind with, like just be conscious about it. Exactly. And even if you're going to do it, do it intentionally. You know, like I've gone through this whole journey with like thinking of like my relationship with alcohol. And I've talked to so many women about this conversation because I think we get into habits where it's like you're drinking wine and you're going out three nights a week and then you're opening a bottle. At least I was, you know, like very social. I'm always out. So like you're having wine at dinner a few nights a week or with friends and then I'm home and I'm working and I pour a glass of wine at the end of the night. That's my reward. And then the next thing you know, you're like, I've drank every single night, maybe not heavily, but still had some alcohol in my body every night for like two weeks. No Mm -hmm. wonder I feel like crap. No wonder I'm not sleeping good. So even becoming more mindful of that has really helped me over the past few years, like really exploring that relationship. And there are some nights where I have more when I'm out with friends and I'm having a good time, but it's an intentional choice, just like food. You know, like, so just like you said, anything you're putting in your body and thinking or wearing or whatever the case may be, it is so important to at least just be self-aware. And I think if you can do that, you are like light years ahead of most people who are not even thinking about those habits that might be not serving them anymore in some way. Yes. And it's all related. Like, I feel like, you know, you're doing all this stuff for yourself, like inside, outside, body wise. And I'm sure that's really helping you with your business and your purpose and everything that you're doing. Totally. Totally. I mean, it's just, it's allowing me to be clearer. And I think I wouldn't have started like the vintage stuff and gone down this road and explored that passion if I wasn't taking care of myself because my energy would have been lower. I might not have been as confident. I think for me, fitness has been a huge confidence booster because I'm out there and it has nothing to do with the way that I look, even though my body's changed dramatically. It has everything to do with the fact that I'm trying new things and I'm sticking to it and I'm being consistent and I can feel myself getting stronger. And there's something about that, as you know, that is just so empowering. You, know, like you feel like you can take on the world. It is the best feeling ever. Yeah. And I encourage anyone who's listening right now, who's like, oh my God, I hate working out. How, how do they do this? <laughs> just stick with it long enough to get to the point where you can feel the positive effects because it does take time. Like I hired a trainer in January and I would say it took me probably six months to get to the point where I was getting energy from my workouts, where I was excited about my workouts. Six Mm -hmm. months of working with her four times a week. Wow. So I just dedicated myself to the process and I told myself for one solid year, I'm doing this four times a week. I'm showing up every single day. No excuses. I can't you know, cancel a session. I'm I'm and obviously I'm gonna stick with it after that, but I wanted to just sort of have this like time frame around it to see what was possible. And I'm telling you, I got over this hump and it's like everything changed. So Mm. if anyone's listening now, just like, you don't need a trainer, just do something, but be consistent with it and let yourself get to the point where it does start to feel good. Cause when it does, 
it's like your whole world just completely changes. Yeah. Fitness was like my first taste of personal development. Like I've been into fitness since I was, I don't know, like 17. Yeah. And so like I, it just became an addiction, but a good addiction. Yeah. Like that good feeling that, that inner strength of challenging myself and seeing the results, but also feeling the results. And um, it's so funny. Like I actually used, I know your trainer. Do you? Oh my God. That's so crazy. I used to actually train with her, um, her husband. Cause I used to be in New York. I used to be a trainer in New York. Wow. Oh my God. Talk about a small world. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. He's really cool too. Yeah. I saw like a video of you um, working out with her. I was like, oh shit. Whoa. Small freaking world. That is weird. Yeah. 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 That's so awesome. I'm so excited that you're like really going in with everything. Yeah. And I I tell myself every session, like, don't complain. You get to do this. You don't have to do this. You get to do this. So I always have this gratitude mentality. Like I can move my body this way. Like, you know, enjoy it. It's here. Like you're so fortunate that you get to do this every day. So, you know, really don't complain. I try to really be respectful of my trainer's energy because I don't want to bring bad energy to her because I'm sure that she works with a lot of people who are like complain and don't want to do things. I'm like, I'm paying for this time and I'm investing in myself. So I'm going to really maximize it and enjoy it. And it really has made a big difference. Mm, so freaking good. So good. I feel like we covered like so much ground today. <laughs> like, but, but it really like what I am getting like from all of this is just like, first of all, you're super inspiring just by sharing who you are and like being on purpose and owning the fact that you're a creative multi-passionista. Oh, thank you. And second, it's like just hearing all of this, it's like you really share how it is a holistic approach of like, you know, success is a holistic approach. Living your dream life is a holistic <sighs> approach. <laughs> Raising your vibration <sighs> is a holistic approach. Oh, little doggy. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. So yeah, it really is a holistic approach. And I want women to realize that and like pay attention to all of those areas of their life. Because I think, and I'm just as guilty of this, of going hard in one area, like just business. And then like, oh my God, where did these 30 pounds come from on my body? Why do I feel like crap? Why is my relationship falling apart? Why are my friendships falling apart? So we have to really make sure that we're nurturing everything. I don't think there's like a true balance, meaning every single part of our life gets the same amount of attention. But I think if we can just, like you said, look at everything from a really holistic standpoint, I think that it really, really changes things. Yeah. So good. And so true. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing all this. Everyone, you definitely need to check out Kara if you don't know her, which most of, most of my people listening probably do. Aw, thank um, you. But, I appreciate the chance to be on. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so where can people find you and connect with you? Check out your, your new stuff that you're doing. I'm going to also leave it in the show notes, but I would love for you to share. Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram at the champagne diet, pretty easy to remember. And then my vintage line is at Dagmar Rose Vintage. And my website is thechampagnediet.com. Best place to find me, all my books, my podcast, everything's on my website. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is so much fun and so much gold was shared. Aww, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good one.
You too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.